0: Okay, we are learning da'af Gimel and we are starting about 10 lines down. I'm Rabbi Shmuel, Halacha. And in order just to understand this, um, we need a little bit of background information. So the question is, what is the minimum size for a sukkah to be? So we're going to see as we go through the Masechla that there are varying opinions on this. But in yesterday's da'af, we briefly mentioned that the minimum size for a sukkah is enough that it fits one's head, most of his body, and his table, which happens to be seven by seven. 12. Now later on in the Aleph, we're going to learn about a dispute between Beishamai and Beishil. And in the Machlokas, in the Mishnah there, there's a dispute in a case, somebody who is sitting with his body and his head in the sukkah, but his table is inside of the house. So Beishamai says that's no good because if the table's not in the sukkah, it's no good. Basil says it is good. What do you need the table to be in the sukkah for? So it sounds like Beishil does not require a sukkah to be large enough to have the table and and Beishamai does, in fact, require the sukkah to be large enough to have the table. So yesterday we were saying that you need the head, the body, and the table. That kind of sounds like Beishamai later on in the Mishnah daf Ches. So this is going to be the focus of the Gemara now. So the Gemara of How big does the sukkah have to be? It has to be with enough size that the, not only with the head and the body fit inside the sukkah, but we also need that the table will fit inside the sukkah. And that is a total of seven by seven five. So, who are Rabbi Abba, who you found, like your pastor, and you're making a psaq halacha here, and the psaq only seems to be like Beishamai, because in the Mishnah later on, where a person is sitting, and his table is not in the sukkah. Beishamai says it's okay. Bezil says it's okay. It's only Beishamai on- it's okay. it's Be who says it's not okay. So the psaq that we're giving here, that, if it, that, it, that a sukkah is only good if it fits the table, it sounds like we're only going like Beishamai. And the reason why that's so surprising is because generally, when Beishamai and Bezil have a disagreement, we always pass them like Bezilah. So why in the world would we say a psaq halacha that goes like So I'm a laborer. From we said to him, Elikaman, who do you think I'm going like? Meaning, it's an exception, and yeah, Allah was like the in this case. The Qumar says a different way different version of the way that their, their dialogue went. Who told you this? Meaning, who told you that a sukkah has to be big enough to fit the table as well? It's coming from beishamai, and don't budge. Meaning, even though it's coming from beishamai, that is, in fact, the halacha. So the Gemara is giving us a psaq, a sukkah has to be 7 by 7, and the Gemara is saying that I know that this is, that this is subject to dispute beishamai and Bishol, but as an anomaly here, the psaq halacha here is, an, is according to beishamai that the sukkah has to fit the table as well continues the tomorrow. And again, when we think about just in general, what, what is the issue? What are we learning? Does the sukkah have to be able to fit the table, not fit the table? The issue is, what does it mean to live? So we know that we're saying the sukkah only, only has to be temporary living, temporary living for seven days. But what constitutes living? If I can't fit my table in there, it's, maybe it's too small. That's not going to be considered to be an act of living. So according to Beishamai, in order to be considered an act of living, you need the table. Beishamai is saying, no, even without the table, you can just eat the way it is, even without having a table necessarily. So that's considered to be an act of living. That would seem to be the machlokas between Veisham and Beisil and again the Gemara is poskiming here in an anomalous way, like Veisham. So, why are you saying? That this issue of the table fitting is a machlokas and Who told you that the issue between Mash and if this table is not in the house, and the table is in the house and doesn't fit in the sukkah, is an issue of a small sukkah where the table could not fit. And the issue is, is it what is the minimum size of a sukkah? Who told you that's what's going on? Dilma Maybe the issue on the is a huge sukkah, it's a monstrous sukkah. But the case is you're sitting right at the entrance here to the sukkah and the table is inside the house, meaning you happen to be sitting in a way that right on the edge of the sukkah, right next to where the, it goes into the house and the table is in the house and you're eating right there in, on, on, on the, at the entrance. Rabbi Shammai is saying it's no good to do, to do the mitzvah that way because we're scared that you're going to be drawn after where your table is. You're going to like, imagine you're eating a soup, you're going to lean forward and you're going to end up that you're eating inside of the table, inside where the table is and in inside of the house, not because you're going to be drawn, most of your body will go after where the table is. And that's why we don't let you sit in the sukkah in that way because if the table is outside the sukkah, you might be drawn to where the table is and you won't, when you won't be outside. It's a says we don't make exera. Nah, it's okay. You'll probably just eat where you are. You're not necessarily going to be drawn to where your table is. Yes, maybe you'll pick up the soup from the table, but then you'll bring it into the sukkah and eat it inside of the sukkah. So Bishalel is not concerned he doesn't make a and Bisham, does make a So the issue there is not what is the minimum dimensions of a sukkah, that's not what the, the root of the dispute is, but rather the dispute is... What happens if a person is sitting in a way that he's at the entrance of his sukkah and his table is outside? Are we concerned? And we say, you don't sit in the sukkah that way because you might come to end up eating outside the sukkah. A shama is concerned, the Bezalelah is not concerned. But it may very well be that in terms of what is the minimum dimensions of a sukkah, what is considered a sukkah that structurally is livable, Maybe even Basila would agree that a sukkah which cannot fit a table, a sukkah which can only fit a person's body but not his table, maybe is simply not a place where one can live. And therefore one would not be say if they sat in a sukkah which could not fit the table. Again, Basila and Bishamah might be talking about a monstrous sukkah which could definitely fit a table. So the sukkah is a kosher sukkah, Ba'atzem. But the case in Bishamah and Bisham is that the person sitting on the edge and the table happens to be outside. And the, 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 their conflict is whether we make Xayra that a person is going to be drawn outside. That might be their issue. But our issue in terms of what is the minimum dimension of a sukkah, maybe even everybody agrees. Even Basila would agree that the sukkah has to be able to theoretically fit a table. And if it cannot fit a table, then it's just simply too small to live in and it wouldn't be good. And the Gemara gives support that this is really what the Machlokas Bishami Betsul is Dekanami. It's implicit that way in the language. The of the language is Misha Roshiru B'ruvah Someone who had his head and his body in the sukkah of a but his table in the house. Bishamay says no good, and Betsul says good. Via if it's true, the way you originally wanted to say that the issue is what the minimum dimension of the sukkah is. Why is the Mishnah speaking about somebody who was sitting and and, and his table was in the house? The language should have been, what happens if the sukkah can only fit his head and body, but not the the table. Why is the Mishnah saying the language? Somebody who was sitting, but his table was in the house. The language of the Mishnah should have been, a sukkah that does not fit one's table, is it a good sukkah? And the Mishnah should say, if it cannot fit the table, Bishamah says, it's no good, and Bezalel says that it is good. But the Mishnah did not word it that way. The Mishnah didn't speak of if the sukkah can hold. The Mishnah spoke about somebody who is sitting in a sukkah and his table is outside. So that shows us that like we're, like we're defending, that really the Mishnah over there on Davchav Ches, with Bezalel, could be talking about a tremendous sukkah, a very large sukkah. And the issue isn't the minimum dimension of a sukkah, the, the, the issue is something else. If I happen to be sitting in a very large sukkah, but it happens to be that my table is inside, are we concerned that you're going to... Okay, so at where we stand right now is that it's possible that the whole machlokas is only about the xerah in the case where the table is outside, but in terms of what the minimum size of a sukkah is, even Basil would agree that the minimum size has to be able to fit the table. Frank, the Gemara now, the Gemara comes back the other way. What? There's no issue about what the minimum size of a sukkah is. You're trying to say that that's not what's going on. So there's no machlokas, Tin and Basil, about the minimum size of a sukkah. But Tanya it says in a bridesa, uh, one price, it says, which can hold a head, most of the body, and a table is good. The Stam tana here, we don't know who it is, but whoever the tana is talking is saying that it has to be able to hold the head, the body, most of the, and the table. Rebbe Yomer, Rebbe says, no, it has to be bigger. It has to be more than just a tiny seven by seven Tavachim. It has to be big enough that it's four by four amas, 16 square amas. So Rebbe holds that it's is a little bit more of a permanent type of dwelling, and therefore he says it has to be 16 square amas. And the Tanakhama is saying, no, it can be a very temporary sense of dwelling, and therefore seven by seven to is good, because it could accommodate his head, his body, and the, the table. That's one price. It says in another Bible, Rabbi, Omer, um, Rabbi says, yeah. Any sukkah which does not have 16 square almos is no good. But the chachamim say, again, we don't know who this tamtana is, but here it says the chachamim, Even if it only holds the head and most of the body, it is good. So it doesn't have to be 16 square almos. It just has to be large enough to hold the head and the body. Says the gemar, but in this second price the Khacham do not require that the table fits in. So clearly, Kashana adadi We have a steer between the two prices. The first price mentioned this t'ana saying that it has to fit the table, and the second t'ana does not mention that it has to fit the table. So why is it not a contradiction? It must be, you know what we derive? That there's a dispute. There's a dispute in the Tanaim if the sukkah has to accommodate the table or not. It must be Ha The first price is going like that the sukkah has to be large enough to hold the table. the second price is going like that it doesn't have to be that big. So clearly there must be a dispute. So you wanted to tell me that there's no dispute about the minimum size of a sukkah and everybody goes has to fit this, the table and the question is just in a big sukkah. Could I sit on the edge? But clearly I see not that way. Clearly I see that there is a tunnel that holds it doesn't have to fit the table and that it's okay even if it does fit the head and the body. So the Gemara now defends this point as well to prove further that there is a debate about whether the soka has to have the dimension to fit the table. The Mishnah later on is implicit like this. Again, a proof from the language. Why? The Mishnah is speaking about somebody who is sitting with the table in the house. The language of the Mishnah is, and Beishimah says it's kosher. If it's true, that it's not a question of the size of the sukkah, but rather a question of the way that the person is sitting, the way that you want to say. That it happens to be the sukkah is for sure kosher. The sukkah is big. It's just that the question is if you sit in a way that's right on the entrance and the table. Is inside, are you yotze? We shouldn't have said, is it valid or is it not valid? It's not a question of kashras and psal, it's a question of did I fulfill the mitzvah? The question is, did I, did the person just fulfill his mitzvah of eating in a sukkah? Or did the person just mimavato the mitzvah of sukkah by eating out by eating in a way that we're concerned that he's going to be outside the sukkah? So the language which speaks about the structure, it's valid or it's invalid. You clearly see we're not talking about the gaver. We're not questioning whether the person did the mitzvah. We're questioning if the sukkah is kasher. And that distinction shows us that we're not talking about whether we make xerah, did he eat in a way that it's good? It sounds like from the Mishnah, the opposite, that the question is, is the sukkah good? Is the structure good? So that's a proof that we Really, the Machlokas is not about the Yimshech Acha The issue in the Mishnah is if the sukkah can only fit his head and his body but not the table, is the sukkah a good sukkah or not? So now that we said this, which is such fascinating, is that we kind of have an implication in the Mishnah that the Machlokas is about a big sukkah and whether or not you're drawn after it. And then we also have an implication in the Mishnah that the Machlokas is about the minimum size of a sukkah and whether it has to be able to hold the table. So it's really a contradiction in the Mishnah there on the Avchav itself. Is the issue between Bishah and Basil about the minimum dimensions, like we're being midayek now from the Russian kasher or apostle, or is the issue about whether a person is yotze in this way if he eats with his table in the house? So the Gemara makes this point, Alakasha Kashem If there definitely is a Machlokas about the minimum dimension of a sukkah, but there also was a Machlokas about... Mishahaya was where the issue is, whether she misheh meyimshachach or even in a big slukah. So like Gemara explains, you're right, a good Jewish answer. There are both a makhlukes. La'olam betarti plihi. There are two separate disputes here between Mishah They argue in both cases. They argue about a small sukkah. They argue about what the minimum size is. Beishamai is saying it has to be large enough that the table would fit, and Beisul says it does not have to be big enough that the table would fit. Beisul says it has to be 7 by 7 Bishol says it only has to be 6 by 6 That's one machlokas. And in that machlokas, we poskin like Beisul, that the table has to theoretically be able to fit, or else it's not considered to be a sukkah. That's what we stated earlier. But also, we also argue about the large sukkah. A huge sukkah, but the sukkah is definitely good, but a person happens to be sitting on the entrance where the table is on the inside, there there is a makhluk as, as well. B'shammah is saying that's not the way to sit in the sukkah, that's not the way to be yotze. and B'shammah is saying that that's okay to be the way the way it is and there's actually must be that if we're trying to say that there's two separate there must obviously be missing things from the Girsah in the text in the Mishnah so this is the way that the Mishnah really should read how do we read it? it? is regarding somebody who had his head and body in the Sukkah but his table was in the house meaning now we've jumped over to a large Sukkah and the issue is not if the Sukkah is good or not good but the issue is are you yotze? if you sit in such a way So we amend the language to make it work. That the issue isn't if the sukkah is good. In a case where the sukkah is very large, clearly the sukkah is good, but the issue is, are you sitting in a way to fulfill the mitzvah? And then the Mishnah continues, a second issue, what if I only have a sukkah? And the sukkah is only big enough to fit the head in the, 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 the body, but it's not big enough to fit the table. In such a case, and Bishamah would say it's not a good sukkah, and Bisholah would say that it is a good sukkah, meaning there's a separate dispute about the size. So one issue is about if the person is yotze when he sits in a big sukkah but the table is in the house, that's issue one. And issue two, you is how big does the sukkah have to be? Does the have to be able to fit the uh, the sukkah have to be able to fit the table? Now the question to think about is that in regard to the minimum size of a sukkah, the Gemara is saying that ominously we poskin like beishamai, and the sukkah has to be able to fit the table. The sukkah has to be a minimum of seven by seven tfach. In the uh, regard to the other dispute, if a person is sitting in a big sukkah and the table is in the house, how do we poskin in that regard? In there do we poskin like beishamai that you're not yotzei because we're concerned you're going to be drawn after your table, or do we poskin like beisvila that you are Yotze because we're not concerned? Are these two machlokhs in beishamai? at all related so the pastures would be that they're unrelated one is the issue about what is the minimum dimension does the table have to theoretically be able in the sukkah there we on like beshameh but in regard to the other issue between beshameh and beshameh about if I'm sitting in a large sukkah and the table is outside are we concerned in that regard we don't necessarily know that we on like beshameh that would be the pastures Okay, so now the Gemara is going to move on. Before we, we cited that there was machlokas between the Rabbanon, which we ended up with one price was Beishamai, the Rabbanon, and the other price was Beisul, against Rebbe. Rebbe was saying that a sukkah has to be four by four amos. And Beisul was saying it definitely doesn't have to be four by four amos. The question is whether it has to be six by six, not having the table, that's Beisul, and Beisul was saying it has to be seven by seven to fit the table. So now the Gemara says, Man tana l'haru tana Who is the author of the following So The brass says, abramas abramas. Let's say I have a house, which is a tiny house, it doesn't have 4x4 four four amas. You don't need to put a mezuzah on such a house. It, let's say you have a flat roof, you don't have to construct a mak on the top. It's not subject to the halacha of saras. So a house can get saras if it's less than 4x4, four four, it, it cannot be subject to that halacha. It doesn't have the halacha about the halacha. The about the is that in a walled city, if a house is sold, it could be redeemed for a year, but afterwards it can never be redeemed somebody who's at war and he, he didn't have a chance to go live in his house so there's an exemption there's a dikhoi he's allowed to return home but not for this type of house for a house that's less than four by four you cannot you can't make an air of chatsiris with such a house air of chatsiris is when you have a bunch of single individual private homes that are living in a chatsir together so they aser on each other they can't use the chatsir unless they make an air if they come together but they keep you know they make a collection of bread and then they keep it in one person's house and it's considered like they're all living together if they're living separately then they aser on each other They can't use the without an Erev. So where do I put the Erev? I have to put the Erev in a house. So it has to be in a four by four house, but if I put it in one that's less than four by four, it doesn't work. You can't make a sheet of Mavos with it. So sheet of Mavos is very similar. Let's say you have an alleyway, a Mavoy, and there are a bunch of different courtyards. So really you're not allowed to carry between the Mavoy and, uh, and, 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 and the alley because it's a little bit different. They have to all come together. All of the courtyards have to come together and merge together. And the way we do that, again, is very simple. By everybody, each mava, each chater contributes bread. So here, what's talking about, let's say one of the courtyards that opens into the Mavu only has one house, which is less than four by four. So that courtyard doesn't have to contribute to the Shittuf because it's not considered that that chater has any house. Okay? You also are not allowed to keep the of chateros inside of it. So, the first halacha, let me just clarify, when it said a little bit before, that means, let's say you had just two people living in a chatzar. One was a real house and one was a house less than four by four. So that little house, the second house less than four by four isn't considered to be a house. So that doesn't restrict. You don't even need an irev in that case. That's point one. The similar thing is if I had a chatzar opening up to a mavoi and in one chatzar, the only thing that was there was a house less than four by four. You wouldn't have to collect bread from that chatzar. Now we're saying another halacha. Let's say I have... An of a uh, bunch of houses, and I definitely need to make an Erev Chatz Erev. And there's the question of which house I'm going to keep the of in. I don't keep the of in the house less, less than four by four continues the price it cannot be considered a house that's less than four by four cannot be considered an ebor An ebor literally means pregnancy but it means something which sticks out so basically if you have two different cities and we're talking about a tchum, an issue of where the the city limits are so sometimes two cities that are distant from each other but if there's some some civilization something built up between the two then the city protrudes and it's considered to be part of the city so let's say i have a house that's less than four by four it's not considered to be like a, a living place and therefore it's not considered to be be a protrusion of the city in regard to deciding where the city limits are. Again, a real living place can be, be a protrusion of the city, and it's an extension of the city. But in regard to a house, let some four by four, we cannot view it that way. Brothers and partners do not divide such a house. So it seems to be talking about, let's say you had a partners or brothers that are living that are living in a house. So if it's a big house, then one partner can can compel his partner or brother to divide it. So that's only if it's four by four. But if it's less than four by four, you cannot compel them to divide it because it wouldn't be big enough for, for each of them and they will just continue to share it jointly. That's the paship shot in all these dinam. And The Gemara is going to analyze all of them. So we're going to go through them one by one. But at any rate, what was the theme of the bridesa? The theme of the bridesa here clearly is that a house is not uh, considered to be a house that was less than four by four. So all the halachas of the house don't pertain to a structure which is less than 16 square amma. So the Gemara says, This bridesa we should say, is only reflecting the opinion of Rebbe because Rebbe holds that a sukkah has to be 16 square amos. The Rabbanan disagree. The Rabbanan held that it could even be seven by seven t'vachim. So meaning the same way that by sukkah there's a dispute what the minimum dimension of a sukkah is, so we should assume that that by sukkah is also really the minimum dimension of what a house is. So this b'risa which is saying that the minimum dimension of a house for all these halachos is four by four amos, we should assume that it's only going like Rebbe and not like the Rabbanan. So the Kamar says it's not a good comparison. Afilu temer Rabbanon the b'risa could even be going like the Rabbanan. When is it true that the Rabbanans say that you always need four, that that four amas is not required? That's only in regard to what a sukkah is. A sukkah is supposed to be a temporary dwelling place. So, since it's supposed to be a temporary dwelling place, there's no need for it to be 16 square amas. But when I'm talking about a house, the keva, a house is meant to be a permanent thing. If there's four by four, people would in fact live there. But if it's not that big, people wouldn't live there. So we're making a chilek between the shame of a bias and the shame of a sukkah. In regard to a sukkah, the rabbin say it doesn't have to be four by four. We're not talking about a home year. A sukkah is a sukkah. But when I'm talking about a bias, everybody agrees it has to be 16. So all the halakhos that we mentioned, like for example, putting up a mezuzah, that's something where the Torah says bias. So therefore, everybody agrees it has to be 16 squared amas. Whereas the sukkah, which is a permanent thing, that's where the Rabbanon are saying that it could be less than 4 by 4 now the Gemara goes through all the halachas, which were mentioned here in the Bridesmaid. Omar, what did we say? The house was from four by four. You don't have to put a mezuzah, and it doesn't need the fence around the flat roof. It can't have and it does not subject to the laws of the walled city that it cannot be redeemed. If somebody was at war, they don't return home. They don't get an exemption to return home just because they had built such a house. Says the Gemara, my time, what's the reason for all of these? Very simple. They all have the same exact reason. The bias, ksiv bahu in each one of these contexts in the Torah. Whenever it, whenever it mentions these halachas, mezuzah, micah, tomitzra, spater, rechoma, and archa al the Torah says a bias. So just to mention one, uchasavtam al-mezuzah, s'besecha uvishor v'alcha. When it comes to mezuzah, it says bezecha. So if it says the legend of bias, bias means four by four. If it's less than four by four, it's not determined to be a bias. The next part, we don't make an Erev Chatseris with such a house or a shitim with such a house. And we don't keep an Erev Chatseris there. My time, what's the reason for all these halachas? Because if it's less than four amas, it's not considered it to be a dwelling place. So the idea of Erev is Erev Mishum Dira. If you have separate dwelling places, in, in, in one communal place, like let's say you have a chatzar, which is a communal area, and you have separate private dwelling living places, living spaces between them, they're going to have to make an of So my house and your house will restrict each other unless we make an air. But if you can't live in your house because it's less than four almos, four by four almos, we don't consider it a place that's for living, so that's not going to restrict me and me. It's not, we're not going to look at this chatzar and say that the chatzar has two living places. We won't look at it that way. The same thing with shita mavoz. If you have a mavoz, which is accessed by many chatzarovs, but one chatzerov only has One little tiny thing, uh, house that's Less than 4 by 4 That culture doesn't need to contribute to the sheetuf Because that culture is not considered to have any living spaces So that's the point Less than 4 by 4 is not considered to be a living area And you can't keep an eruv You cannot keep an eruv Inside of a place that's less than 4 by 4 Because the point of the eruv Is that when I have a bunch of different houses and they're answering on each other so they all are enjoined through where the food is if i keep it in one and one in one uh, house in the klatser it will be considered like everybody's living in that house because wherever your food is it's as if you're living there so it better be a living space or else it can't be considered like i'm living there so if i put it into a house that's four by four then the area of will be good but if i put it into a house that's less than four by four then it will not be good However, says the Gemara, let's make a diak. Erev in manichembo. We said you can't put the Erev chatseros in such a house. It sounds like you're allowed to keep a shitov in a place that's less than four by four. Meaning there were three separate points that it said. A house that's less than four by four does not have to contribute to the Erev. A chatzah that has a house, a less 4x4, four four does not have to contribute to the shittah. Both of those are very understandable. It's not a living area. But then the halacha 3. when the That I don't keep the erev in there. What's that halacha? That halacha is when I have multiple houses that are offering in the chatzah. And now we gather together the bread. Where am I going to keep the bread? I have to keep it in a place that's going to be considered they're all living there. So I have to keep it in a house that's 4x4. Four four. I cannot keep it in a house that's 4x4. Four Clear Halach. But in regard to sheet of Mavos, it doesn't say that. So meaning, let's say I have multiple Chatzeros with multiple homes, big homes. So they all have to make a sheet of Mavos in order for them to carry between their Chatzeros and the alley. Okay, very good. But now where do I keep that sheet of mavoz? Where do I keep that bread that I collected from all the Chatzeros? And now it's going to be considered as if they're really all in one Chatzeroon. Where am I going to keep that? It does not say that I have to keep it in a house that's four by four amos. Okay. If I have a chatzar that has only a house let's less than four by four, that chatzar doesn't have to contribute to the sheet of mavoz because it doesn't have a living, a living area in it. But if it has it, and all the chatzaros have to make a sheet of mavoz, and now it's the question of not do you have to contribute, but rather a question of where are you going to keep the sheet of mavoz, we are not saying... That the sheet of Mavos has to be kept in a house that's four by four. We're saying that actually the sheet of Mavos could be kept even in a chatser, even in a house that's in a chutzner, that's and, and even if the house is less than four by four. So the Gemara says, "My time, What's the reason between the of and the sheet of of chutzner? As you're saying, has to be kept in a house that's four by four, or else it's not going to be considered that there it's placed in a it's placed in a. In a, in a in a, in a place of living, where we're collecting all the chatserahs and we're making that we're all, looks like we're all in there it sounds like we could put it in a house that's less than four by four. So why is that? My answer is to a house that's smaller than four amos is no worse than keeping it in the courtyard itself. The of is allowed to be put in the courtyard. The of doesn't have to be kept inside of a house. And the reason for this is because the function is very different. What, when, when you have an era of chatzeros, all the houses are becoming as if we're going to become one house, as if we all live in one house. So you have to put in a place of dirah. So if you have to put in a place of dira, it has to be kept in a house. You're going to have to put in a place that's 16, 16 square amas. But is she, if we're not trying to say We all live in the same house. What we're just trying to say is that we're merging all of the chatseros to be as if it's one chatser. So we're not focused on the living area of the house. We're focused on that all of the chatseros are all enjoined. And so therefore, where do you keep it? You don't have to keep it in a house in a chatser at all. You can keep it in the open area of the chatser itself. Sheet of Mavoz is saying that if I have many chatseros, that are acts as one, that one joint mavoi. So if they all the chatser was joined together in bread, they're as if it's one big chatser. Where do they keep it? They can keep it in the chatser. They don't have to keep it in a house at all. So if they don't have to keep it in a house at all, then there's nothing wrong with putting it in a house that's less than four by four. It's okay to just put it in the open area of the chatser and putting it now in a house in the chatser that's less than four by four won't be any worse than just keeping it in the open area of four, that, that's the chatser itself and therefore everything would be um okay this not as we learned in a ayr al qateroz paqats ayr al is uh is put in the is put in the quarter sheet in Mavos. mavo sheet in Mavos is in the Mavoi. So what does that mean? We asked when he learn this price, is that true that the Erev is kept in a Chatser? That's not true. In Erev, if we, keep the, if we keep the Erev in any part of the Chatser, which is not a living place, we keep it in the gatehouse, some sort of porch or a gallery, it's not considered to be an Erev because it has to be kept inside of a house. And also if somebody lives there and didn't contribute to the Erev, he does not answer. Only the houses have to contribute to the, to the Erev. If somebody randomly lives in the gatehouse, then he, and he didn't contribute, that's not a problem at any rate. It's clear that the air has to be located inside of a dwelling place, in the, not in the courtyard. So the price that therefore was was corrected, we correct the price to say, The air of has to be kept inside of a house in the courtyard. The sheet of Mavos is placed in the courtyard of the m'avos So now we've corrected it. The sheet Mavos doesn't have to be kept in the house, the sheet Mavos can just be kept in the courtyard. So the house that's that's smaller than four by four almost is no worse than a courtyard inside the Mavoi. So even though the Erev can't be kept in such a, inside of such a small house, the Sheetov could. So let's just make sure we have a recap, a summary of this, this idea between Erev Chatzeres and Sheetov mavo. There are two separate functions. I have the idea that different dwelling, dwelling places, different living spaces, are on each other unless they come together. I have that idea in a Chatzor, that if there are multiple houses and uh, they all have a joint Chatzor, they have to come together and make an Erev Chatzeres or so else you can't carry in the Chatzor. There, it's all about keeping it in a house, because if it, if it, if it, the idea is that it's going to be considered as if we all live in one house. So I have to put it in a house that's less, in a house that's more than four by four hours. The other halachas, when I have multiple chatzeros that, that open up to a mavoi, so all of the chatzeros, all of the chatzeros need to come together to become as if they're one big chatzor in order for them to all carry between the chatzar uh, and the mavoi. There, you don't have to keep it in a house because the point isn't that we're gonna be considered like we're living in one house. The point is rather that all the chatzars are enjoying like they're one big So there you're allowed to keep it in the open area of the chatzar and then keeping it in a house that's less than four by four is no worse than keeping it in the open area of the chatzar and therefore it would, be, uh, it would be okay. At the same time, there's another halacha that we learned that uh, if let's say I have a chatzar and it only has one house, let's say, that's less than four by four, amos. that Chatzar wouldn't have to contribute to the Sheet of Mavos because it's considered as if that Chatzar is not used at all, since the only living area is less than four by four. So there's one idea, do you have to contribute to the Sheet of Mavos? That's only true if you have inside the Chatzar a house that's four by four. But in terms of where you keep the Sheet of Mavos, you keep the Sheet of Mavos, now it could even be kept in the open area of the Chatzar, and certainly it wouldn't be any worse if it's kept in a house that's less than four by four. Continues the Gemara. We set a house that's less than four by four, can't be considered a protrusion between two cities to extend the boundary of the cities. Says the Gemara, that's not equated to a Borkenin. A Borkenin is a hut, a smaller hut, which does extend. A little hut is where one person can sleep, somebody is there. And he can sleep there. So what the Gemara is really questioning is my time and what's the difference? Meaning, if a little hut can be considered an extension of the city, then clearly we see we don't really need a house. So if you don't really need a house, a little hut is okay. So if I have a house, let's than some four by four amos. Why is that worse than a hut? Don't we see that the criteria to extend the city limits doesn't have to be a legitimate house? So the Gemara explains, a hut is good for what its purpose is. A house is not good for what its purpose is. Meaning a hut is made specifically to be just like for the Shomer or somebody... Uh, it's not meant to be a permanent thing. So therefore, if it's just meant to be a temporary thing, it's okay, even though it's not big. And if somebody's building a house and for some weird reason, they build it tiny, so that's not considered to be fit for what its purpose is. And since it's not fit for what its purpose is, it's considered nothing. So it's, like a, it's a little bit counterintuitive. But... Uh, But basically what we're saying is a hut is a hut, even when it's little, because that's what its function is made to be. It's meant to be just a temporary thing. So a hut can extend the city, even though it's very small. When you build a house and the house is made not like the way a house is meant to be, then it's not a house. It's nothing. It's not even considered like a Borg and it cannot extend the city. What was the final ruling here? Brothers and partners don't divide. So the push shot is, if you have partners, two, two partners have something, it's not 16 square almos, so one partner cannot compel the other partner to divide. If it would be 16 square almos, one partner could say to the other, I don't want to be using it all totally with you, I would rather divide. Um, he has the right to say that, but if it's so small and the other partner will be left with a little bit, only something less than 2 by 2 almos after they divide it, then he can't do that. So the Gemara says... It sounds like Thomas the Lispere The reason they can't compel each other is because it's not a total of four by four Amos. If it would be a total of four by four Chokin, then one partner would be able to compel the other to divide it. Says the Gemara of we'd learn differently in a Mishnah. We say, In as a one partner can't compel the other to divide, unless after the division, each one will have 16 square amas. Meaning, and you know it has to be so big that I can tell you, here, I'm gonna force you to divide with me because even after you divide, each of us will have 16 square amas. If, that, if it's that big, then it double the size we're talking, then one partner can compel the other. But if it's, so, if, it's, if it's 16 square amas now, and after we divide it, each one will only have two by two, not four by four, one partner cannot compel the other. So now we have a question on what we're saying. Here, we, we seem to be saying, that if it's less than four by four, one can't compel the other. It sounds like as long as it's four by four, they could, but we learned differently. We learned that it has to be so big that it will be four by four for each one after the division, in order for one partner to compel the other. So the Gemara answers, So we're saying that such a house does, is not subject to the special halachos of division. What are these special halachos of division? So we're talking about not if we have a joint area, and uh, what, what, what size can one partner compel the other? That's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about if there's a bunch of brothers who inherit a courtyard, and there's, there's different homes in the courtyard, and we're trying to figure out how we divide the courtyard. So let's say, just to make, keep it simple, this is the example the give, is that let's say one brother took one big house, and then another brother took, let's say, three small houses. That was the way the division of houses went. And then we have a khatsar. So how do we divide the khatsar? So maybe you could say, I don't know, divide it 50-50, but we don't say it that way. Well, the way we say it is, the courtyard is divided first according to the number of entrances. Why is that? Because one of the functions in the courtyard is to unload things. So if I have three small houses, I need more space in the khatar than you who has one big house. Because the khatar there's a space in front of the doors with the entranceway where it's made for unloading things in and out of the house. So the more houses that I have, the more entrances that I have, the more space in the khatar I need. I need some sort of uh, I need a, some sport, some sort of area specifically based upon how my end, how many entrances I have. And Rabghis al-Amr how much do you get? You give 4 amos per entrance. hashar, and then the rest that equally. So each entrance that is there gets four amos in the chatzar, and then whatever area is left will be divided equally. So that's all in a situation. Again, let's give an illustration. One brother got one big house and one brother got three small houses. How do we divide the chatzar where all these houses are? So we're going to give the brother who got three small houses, we're going to give him an entranceway of four amos in front of each one of his three. And the brother who only got one big house, he will only get one area of four. And then the rest of the space we would divide. So now our brideshow is coming based upon that halakha. And our brideshow now wants to know like this. What if one brother has such a small house that it's less than four by four? Does he get that halakha of four amos based upon the entrance or no? Do we really say, and this is the truth, that since his house is less than four by four amos? His house is not considered a house, so his entrance is not considered an entrance. So he doesn't get, for that tiny little house, a special part in the Chatzar. That's only true for a house. A house is going to stay that way. It's going to be used for unloading, and therefore it needs a space in the Chatzar. That was we given a part of the Chatzar, but hi for the house that's less than four by four, it's just destined to be destroyed. Nobody keeps a house that's less than four by four. It's just, it's, you can't use it. Therefore, we're not going to give him a special part in the Chatzar. So that this, this is what the Braiser was referring to when he was talking about Chalukah, that there's only Chalukah. If it's four Amos, what we're saying is, 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 that, uh, is, is, is that it's not talking about a question of a partner compelling the other partner to divide. That halacha is the chatzar has to be really big, so big that each partner will have four by four after it's divided. Our case was a scenario if we want to know if I, if I have a house which is divided in, uh, a bunch of houses in a chatzar, two brothers split, one took smaller houses, one took a bigger house. And we want to know this halacha, that the one who took the smaller houses gets more space in the chutzah based on how many entrances, but we're saying, watch out. It better be that um, the house is four by four, so it's omitted, it's going to be usable. But if it's going to be less, it's not going to be usable. It's probably just going to be, going to be destroyed. So then, um, then we're not going to give the award that, that, that house uh, for almost based upon its entrance.